0: This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Radio!
1: For the first time in 39 years, the Boston
2: Bruins have won the Stanley Cup.
0: Talking Bruins and the NHL.
1: Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. And Bruins writer Matt Cowney. We, you know, we got a lot of losses
0: through. Yeah, we got a lot of oh,
1: Sunday oh, skate oh. is brought to you by Star Market. Lace him up for some bees
0: talk right now on Sports Radio WEI. All right, I just want to apologize off the start to Fred New Hampshire for making him praise Rick Nash last week. Let's get that out of the way, and we'll move on. Here's my big philosophical debate, Calman, that I need the help from you on. And the listeners, of course, at 617-779-7937. I really want to go hot take out of the gate here, kerosene take. I'm having a hard time pulling the trigger. Here's what I want to say. You lose your right to a bitch about a... To a a bitch? You lose your right to bitch about officiating... When you fall behind 2-0 at home in back-to-back home games, and you have a licking incident. <laughs> yes. But. What's the hot but, take? But I, I get that's a hot take, no? I guess not. I Either way, just facts. I'm still having a tough time pulling the trigger on that tepid take. It was yeah. such a historically bad, non-tripping call mm. Friday night. And if the Bruins indeed go on to lose the series, I got a feeling nobody's gonna remember the two nothing deficits in games three right. and four at the Garden. Yeah. Bruins fans the, mostly are gonna the, be or the big impact that Brian Gianta had. Yeah, there'll be I I don't know. Cassidy will take some heat. I think some as the as the offseason goes on. But but really, by and large, this one is gonna be blamed on the refs. And uh I can't really get in the way of Bruins fans who are ready to jump on the officials. Uh, and you brought yeah. up the news that broke, I guess, this morning, late yesterday. On top of the uh, the um, some of the inconsistencies throughout the series, and really, games two and four were tragically bad from the league's point of view. From a Bruins fans' point of view, uh, it's been reported that one of the officials Friday night skated the entire third period with a broken collarbone. That's right. He's tough. So I, I mean, okay. I guess uh, he's the Brian. Cam- he's the Gregory Campbell of uh, referees. Is it possible that that was you know, a little more of prominent on his mind, that he was he may have missed the call or two? I think it's possible. I think he'd probably be in a little bit of pain, yeah. I think he might not uh, be 100% focused out there. That was Francois St. Laurent, who fell into the boards like 20 seconds into period three. Just Actually, it wasn't even the boards, right? He just kind of biffed. Yeah. Oh, he did. I think he hit the boards, yeah. Did he hit the wall? I thought he just hit the ice and just kind of laid there for a while. They actually made a ref change in overtime. Right. Uh, but, you know, the other 19 minutes and 42 seconds of period three, you had a pretty compromised official, one out of two. So, <laughs> you know, again, like you said, you give the guy, I guess, credit for gutting through it. But Something like that. But if he's so worried about um, a medical emergency that he's not able to come up with a big uh, call that uh, can swing a game with uh, seven minutes to go or whatever it was, that's a problem for the NHL. Where do you come down on this? I know you were there for the postgame Friday. We'll get to Marshan and the. Uh, the The Callahan incident here, which has been, you know, for the last 24 hours, we've had plenty of hot takes coming in on the Marchand situation, but just in terms (laughs) of, just in general, Bruins fans and officiating, do they have every right to bitch if uh, they go down today or in a couple days in this series? Yes, the fans definitely have a right to bitch, and I don't, I just don't know why the
3: media is also getting on the bandwagon, but hey, I guess that's some people's ways of making a living, but uh, as far as the the fans, of course they have a a case to bitch, but... They shouldn't just limit their bitching to the referees, right? They should, like we mentioned, uh, two nothing deficits on home ice. Um, have you seen them once in the six in the six plus periods of the two home games? Did you see them once have a, uh, a a period where you said, "Wow, this team is really taking it to them"? And
0: I think second period Friday, yeah, that was their best Friday. best period of the that that series. That was
3: their best period. I still don't think Vasilevsky really felt uh, the pressure. I still don't think the Lightning. Uh, Where obviously they weren't demoralized at all. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they grinded them down. I don't think uh, this. There's no. They don't have the four line over the boards. Next guy, keep them pinned in. They don't have that right now. It's just. It's just not there. And uh, part of it's just will. And maybe some guys are banged up. We know everybody on both teams probably has something. And I think uh, more than anything, that's you know more than anything, that's the big thing. I mean, obviously that one call is going to be a big deal. What like you said into the summer. And you talk about the fact that the Bruins didn't get many power plays uh, in Tampa. But, you know, they had four power plays in, in the game the other night. And uh, let's face it, most of this series they've been defending. So, obviously, when you're defending so much, you're going to get more of the, more penalties. And that's uh, that's just math. And that's just science. I mean, well, it's not, well uh, the
0: Game 2 non-call on Marchand is going to be thrown in there as well. Right, it's not yeah, just it's two, not just going to be the true. McAvoy non-call on the yeah, trip. And that's a pretty blatant one, too. But you know what,
3: too? It's crazy. It's, it's different referees every time. Yep. So if... If this is a conspiracy, it's
0: one hell of a conspiracy. Well, I will buy in a little bit as far as if you got Martian on the ice, I'm right. sure he's not real popular among the refs. Exactly. There's no doubt that the Bruins are not going to get the benefit of the
3: doubt. I think that and, could uh, be a factor. You know, but you know what? Why should they get the benefit of the doubt? Have they ever once spoken out about some of the antics? I mean, the Marcus Johansson hit. Now that this licking thing, no one publicly wants to come out and say anything about it. Who, who publicly? The Bruins? Yeah, the Bruins. I mean,. Uh, Obviously, the the league reportedly had to scold them yesterday. They called, you know, Marshall. Yeah, Brad's and on notice. Sweeney. He's on notice now. So he's it's... on notice now. It's like, uh, how about you be proactive and maybe a Cam Neely or a Don Sweeney come out and say, you know what, we we appreciate Brad Marshan's efforts. He's a hundred percent all the time kind of guy. Does anything to win, but we we understand this has gone too far. We've talked with him, and he's gonna, you know. Play hockey, and not do this nonsense. That's a good but, point. Unacceptable to I come mean, out on. Have some class. I mean, you're a ninety something year old organization. You're an original six franchise. You sell. You try to sell people on history, and uh, you're letting this guy, you know, do do things that were going to could harm the team. What if, you know, as Ryan Callahan said after the game, it could be gross misconduct. What if they just called that on him and threw him out of that game? Or what if the league just said, you know what, you've been warned for so many different things, we're not going to warn you for this specific thing, we're going to suspend you
0: for Easily Game Easily could have been suspended for a game and should have at least got a two-minute minor for the league. Right, exactly. So,
3: uh, you know, this guy who I think is up to like 30 times where he's apologized and talked about wanting to be smarter and more mature and, and be, a, be a leader on this team and wore an A a little bit this year. I mean, I guess we have to debate what the A really stood for. And uh, it's just it's just silly. I mean, uh, let's face it. We, we should have to put this caveat in, right? He's a great player. Maybe the second or third best goal scorer in the whole league. I mean... Certainly top ten player amazing, this year. Amazing sniper. Amazing two-way player. Fantastic penalty killer. Maybe the best in the league. Heart and soul of the Bruins. Ahead of Bergeron, even. At times, for sure. And uh, you know what? It, it, you love his antics sometimes. I mean, the punch in the Sadine in the face is fine. These little things, but where did he even? Where does a twenty-nine-year-old man come up with this idea that from now on, when I'm getting close to a guy, I'm gonna
0: lick him? You know what's bizarre about the whole thing? He kissed Komarov, right? right. That was more of a kiss than a right. lick in series one, and it was like beloved. I don't want to say it was well because he had done it in the regular season too, and I think
3: Komarov and him kind of had a joint like appreciation of them being equally annoying. And a kiss is a kiss,
0: but when you're just you singing, go to the French kiss, that's singing. too far. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but it is strange though. Like this, we have gone from beloved kiss, yeah, smooch on the was that the neck, yeah, okay, to lick on the upper lip below right. the nose. Well, that's just it. It's gone too far. Being it's called sexual assault, basically. Well, that that whole nonsense.
3: I don't know where that comes from. That sounds like social media nonsense, right? Let's call it so- sexual assault. If the lightning aren't saying that, I'm going to worry about just what the lightning are saying and what the the Bruins in the league are saying. I'm not going to worry about what. Uh, Joe Blow on Twitter is saying about it or whatever, and it's there were not. other
0: people demanding he be traded yesterday, which is just <laughs> just kooky That's, town. I mean, come on. Little... I don't know what to say to those things. I mean, I, first of all, it's past the trade deadline, so he's not going anywhere. Right, but <laughs> I think it was more of an off-season directive. Greg <laughs> Dickerson was primary on that. He, he got oh, some phone lines well, out. I don't blame him. But noted hockey expert. Um, no, no, I mean you can feel that way, I guess, yeah. if you want to. But you're just there's no way you're there's getting no reason to trade because we, no, no. we know he could we
3: know he could the line. He goes about thirty games between nonsense and you know. You, you take the good with the bad. He had thirty whatever goals he had, despite missing those games of the suspension. And like you said, heart and soul, of the Bruins. Where are you going to find a guy to plays this way? And he's kind of a bargain on the contract they gave him. Oh, so this you team you is. Don't, I don't want to uh, say
0: they're nowhere without Brad Marchand, but they. It's pretty close.
3: Uh, it is close. I, I mean, mean it might, like you said, without Bergeron, obviously tough, but without uh, Marchand, also difficult to get a, get by. But uh, this, this crosses a line. It's not. It's not appropriate. I mean, this player and you know what else too. It came after he low bridged a guy. Who was just trying to say, hey, what the heck was that? Maybe he was trying to challenge him to a fight, and of course, Brad Marchand's not going to drop the gloves in that situation. And I think it's funny that we hear about all the times the Bruins play guys, and they the, when the Bruins players get thirty hits, and their rat players, whether it's Montreal, Toronto, whoever, won't drop the gloves. Oh, they won't answer for anything. And then, but Brad Marchand, when he won't answer for something like that, and responds with the lick, oh, he's he's
0: all rat. We love him. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's oh, like. He, he's a dirty player. There are a lot of dirty players in the league. Yeah. I, I think even Marshan would agree he's a dirty guy, right? would wouldn't, yeah. does, does he sort of revel in that role? He, Although he didn't yeah, address he, he, it Friday. I think, I
3: think he's a dirty. I think he's a clean player who does dirty acts or an agitating player who crosses the line. You know, Tom Wilson is a dirty player. No, okay? doubt, no doubt. For no every doubt. fifth hit to the head, he gets. A suspension or a penalty. I mean, yeah, they're constantly
0: charging. Matt Cook was a dirty player. Right. We Matt all know Cook that.
3: was dirty. Yeah. And that's nice of you to say, considering how much time he spent in Pittsburgh. Right. They didn't brainwash you. Watch them you. night in and night out. Wow.
0: <laughs> Yarko Rutu, You want to go through the list of dirty players? Exactly. There,
3: there have been a bunch. Wolf of Samuelson, obviously. These yep. guys are dirty. You know, I think Brad Marchand falls maybe more in the Sean Avery category. I don't
0: think Sean no, Avery, Avery was, was dirty. dirty. Oh, come on. That guy was dirty.
3: I don't think he was dirty. I think he also, you know, he, he could play, first of all. Is that the, separ- the separator? Well, that's definitely a big part of it. I mean, you're not out there just to be a goon. and I guess Tom Wilson, I mean, f- from the social media chatter this week, Tom Wilson's going straight from the suspension into the Hall of Fame because I never heard so much c- c- so much
0: praise of Tom Wilson as a hockey player. Now, now you've got to defend holy, him as a hockey player. Yeah, Holy cow. No, but th- his hit is uh, is clearly stuff they want to take out of the league. Right, exactly. And then this Marchand
3: stuff, like I said, I don't think he's that – I mean, this isn't – I don't know if you call this dirty, this licking – is it, is it a dirty play? Yeah, it's, it's dirty. Just, it's the it's it's of offensive.
0: His offensive and dirty, like, yeah. yeah. Which I is mean, what he
3: aims to be. Right, exactly. And you know what? It would be great. And as as we've often said, and I've said it too about certain players in the league that don't answer for these things, but he should answer for it. And you know what? The way the Bruins have been going, if he dropped the gloves in that game, maybe it turns things around. Maybe it really lights a fire on them. I mean... You know, David Backus is running around trying to do it, and nothing seems to get this guy, this team, a jolt. Maybe that would have done it.
0: It's true. I mean, that happened in the second period with eight and a half minutes to go, or whatever. It sort of sapped the life out of the building and the team. It was a great period up until that point, yeah. but uh, I mean they had a chance or two afterwards. But right. you could tell the momentum stalled in a way. This team has—it's been a lot of momentum stalling.
3: Mean, this team just doesn't have that. Extra kick. They can't seem to feed off each other in this series. And, it's, it's, I mean, let's face it. There's two teams in the ice, and I hate people that say, oh, they're not trying or they're not working hard. That is not true. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a damn good team. And we've seen it since game one. Much they better than I thought a week ago. Uh, the exactly. Point, the,
0: the point line, which was a minus. He was right. a minus five in game one. And we sort of mocked them last week. Yep. Um, they have taken the series over. Exactly. And you know what, too? Never mind that line. How about that fourth line? You know, and Callahan, f- Kunitz, and Paquette? Especially
3: defensively, when they got the lead in some of these games, exactly, and they're out there hitting every single shift. I mean, it's amazing, and the, the the hits might not register on the sheets, but they are being a physical presence. And you know, it's it's definitely taking a little bit of toll on the Bruins' defensemen. I would say, especially Matt Grislick. uh maybe even Tori Krug and, and Charlie McAvoy a little bit. They're they're seeing these guys bear down on them, and they're thinking they're looking over their shoulders, they're looking around. They're not moving the puck as quick,
0: and, and the forwards too. They're just not moving the puck as quick, and that they, four, that's what it leads to the forecheck. And this is what uh, you have. Well, as you'd expect after a three-game run by one team, they look like the clear better team. Right, I mean, exactly. it's not my gun on a limb here by saying that. But right. It, yeah, I mean, game idea, one, it looked like okay, Boston's got right. their number. Boston has an edge in this series. They've got four better, you know, lines top to bottom. Right. That's not the case. Exactly. Here we can that,
3: obviously, that layoff that the Lightning had took a toll on them. They they were they were not themselves. And they were, they've been able to get by this point until the last game without you know anything from the from their top line, and you know you got to give credit to their top four defense too. I mean, McDonough, we talked about how he hadn't been a great addition. He's been pretty awesome in this series, and, and Headman's been Headman. I mean. Uh, you talked about Rick Nash and uh, that line. I mean, you try to stick with them. You try to have
0: confidence in them, but well, the, uh, I mean, that's part one, of the brutal start yesterday. Nash had one two costly turnovers guys. and a penalty, which yep. didn't lead directly to the power play right. goal, but started the cycle up. Oh, of course. I mean, everything you know, terrible, everything adds terrible up in first these games, and you know, Jake DeBrus has been great. He's been a good skater,
3: but he looked kind of maybe he, t- he lost some of his uh, zip. Whatever he kept him out of practice the day before clearly. Slowed him down in that game. And True, didn't notice him much. You're just not seeing uh, what you need for that second line. And then beyond that, it's a black hole. I mean, let's face it, you're not going to get anything from, from the third or fourth one at this point, especially especially when you're, when you're when, putting Brian Giant in you're taking guys out of mothballs and throwing them in there. I mean, I thought it was hilarious. People were throwing out all kinds of Providence guys' names out there, and people were saying, oh, you know, at least Brian Giant has been in the NHL. No, I would have rather, honestly, seen an Austin Zarnick or someone who just was playing. Playoff games with Providence a few nights before Then a guy who didn't play in the NHL half the season, played 20 nondescript games for the Bruins, went the last 15 games without a goal, and then didn't play for a month. Um, the, the Brian Gianta, you know, v- victory tour here, it, it needs to end, and it doesn't have to be revived in a playoff game. You should have dressed seven defensemen before you dress Brian Gianta. And how he's on the ice three minutes into overtime. Yeah, I mean, that's just Bruce Cassidy's philosophy. I mean, you understand where he's coming from there. He says, oh, I wanted to, you know, it's early into overtime and I had the matchup I wanted and he did have the right matchup if you th- if you think that line should be on the ice at all in an overtime at that point. I mean it's so early in overtime, Torrey Krug's out. You're not gonna win a long overtime game probably. You need to end this thing. So how about instead of the matchup is favorable, how about you put out, you know, Patrice's line one one shift earlier and try to go at that third line and maybe get maybe get the goal and not have to worry about it. You know, and then you have, you know, Ryan Donato, you know, the problem, you know, no problem with the way he played the game. He played okay, but clearly not ready after all this time off to be in the NHL in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And uh, that hack to try and get the puck out was just not playoff caliber. And then you know the, the little bit of a breakdown and the, and the bounce, and it's just it's just not the way you should play it. And he shouldn't even and, you know you can't by Baggianta. He didn't put himself in the lineup. I mean, obviously the same coach who put Tommy Wingels on the second line in a, in a big game in the first round decided to, to play around And that line. That was basically uh let's give our team forty seconds of rest in line because they didn't do anything to hurt, hurt the team until overtime, but they didn't do anything to help either. There was no momentum shift there, and he kept them
0: together way too long for sure, too. All right, Sunday skate presented by Star Market. Ken Lair to Matt Calman at Matt Calman on Twitter. I guess the essential question to me is if you believe the series is done, which is you know, yeah, they, I don't believe they, they've it's still done. got a punch I mean, chance. Them,
3: but if I've seen enough Bruins hockey in my life now, it's
0: at least win today, probably. I would think. it been a resilient team all year, exactly. even without Krug. We'll talk right. about that. Here and the core up. has been
3: resilient for a decade. So,
0: But as a Bruins fan, will you feel okay with yourself if you bitch about the refs all offseason <laughs> and blame the series on the officiating? Well, 617 779 nine, seven ninety three seven. I think you're also underrating the fact that Tuka's is going to get blamed. No, come on. <laughs> He's he going to get He blamed. has been a non-story in this People series. People are I mean,
3: still blaming him. They are. I put up the stats from the second round. He's got the second best save percentage of the starters in the second round. And all I heard was, "But you didn't include the first round." The first round is over. <laughs> I'm not going to include the goalies that lost in the first round. He was okay? bad in round one.
0: Oh my God! No he had doubt. a bad,
3: he had a bad first round. We've all admitted that. Yep. Even us Tuca apologists have admitted that. And in game seven, he was horrible for the first two periods. He almost blew them the series. Okay. It's the second round. He is
0: what's keeping you in this damn thing right now. Enough of this. All right. Before we get to uh, the phones and more on the officiating, we, let's go back <laughs> to the the licking incident. Now, you Martian talked for like two minutes. You were yeah. there for that? Oh yeah, I was the wanted, one that asked him the question.
3: I said to him something along the lines of, "You know, uh, the cameras caught you licking uh, a guy again. What uh, licking a guy again? Yeah. You would ask a professional that. Question. Where did where did this? Uh, where did this idea come from? That was the question. Like, where
0: did this idea to start <laughs> licking people come from? Because I, I want to know where a twenty-nine-year-old man decides this is the way to go about it. Well, we've seen the ear blow in the NBA. You know the uh, hey Stevenson with LeBron. There have been we, some hey, tactics we've seen in him kiss
3: people like, we, like you brought yeah. up before, but yeah. uh, licking and kissing two different things. Uh, if my you know if my kid kisses me, I'm fine. If he licks me, I'm going to get upset. You know.
0: Well, okay. So he uh, did he address it or no? Well, sort of, kind of in the.
3: Brad Marchand kind of way he didn't he did not really give me he didn't give me the reason to my question he didn't give me the answer to my question I'd love to know the process by which he sits down and creatively comes up with
0: these things okay um, well he uh, Callahan yeah clearly addressed it yeah Ryan uh, Garvin do we have uh, the Callahan here's what Callahan said after the game I don't know what the difference between that is and spitting in somebody's face and uh, if I'm not mistaken spitting is a game misconduct if not a, a gross so uh, you know I just I don't know what the difference is there if it's not worse so it's uh, it's unfortunate that he, you know, he goes that low to do that, but um, doesn't take us off our game. We keep going, and uh, you know, we'll let the refs handle that. And like I said, I'm just surprised that uh, something isn't done because it's—I don't know what the difference is between spitting in someone's face and, and licking it. I mean, you know, I think they got more of a right to be upset that nothing was done. There were no, there's no penalty on the ice right. about it, there, and of course, supplemental discipline there was none forthcoming yeah. after that hit. Right. Uh, Cooper also talked about it. Uh, Cassidy did as well, though, right? I mean, I give him credit for at least uh, addressing... Did, mm, did he, he talk about it? I don't think he did. because we. Just, he talked about the officiating, I right, guess, offici- more than anything. Because no really, you know what? At this point, we know what
3: the answer is going to be. If you ask Bruce Cassidy about anything... Actually, actually, someone did ask him a question about Brad Marchand, but it was more about how Brad Marchand is being targeted or something, which was kind of laughable, considering the way that game went down and what, happ- what ha- actually happened with Brad Marchand. But... Um, at this point, Bruce Cassidy, you know, he, and you can't blame him. He has to just go out there and defend his player no matter what, right? So he's not going to say anything about yeah. the licking, and and you know, he's not going to.
0: They're, they're going to focus more on the non-call now. But to you know try what, to too, the refs. You, know, you brought
3: up Komarov, and now this is Callahan. Okay, big difference there, and I think the league, and I think the entire. I don't. I don't mean the league front office. I mean everybody around the league, players, coaches from other teams. Ryan Callahan, you know, whatever you think of him as a player, he's a respected guy in this league. Was the captain of the Rangers before they traded him? I'll buy that. He's now a fourth a- line guy, like Com- right. Komarov ended up in this series. But a guy, series, a but- guy who's—I don't think he's ever been suspended. He's not a cross the line, even push the line kind of guy. He's—he's he's an honest player, a respected guy, a well-spoken guy. As you heard in that clip, um, I think when Komarov and Marshan do things to each other, it's rat on rat, and they don't care. You know, oh, I see to, what you mean. You'll have to watch two rats fight. But when you start doing it to the actual
0: players in this league, you know, just stay. With, you stay said in yourself, lane. though, Marshan's a star player. He's. You, well, can't, yeah, you but can't say he's some, a rat. He's, he's Jekyll and Hyde. He's star player, and he's a rat. But, but the last two years, he's been more star player. Right, it's absolutely. True. Except for the suspensions and the... Except for that one. <laughs> we missed the winter classic. All right, uh, let's go to the phones. Maria in Watertown's been hanging on the longest. Hi, Maria.
4: Hi, good morning, guys. How are you? Good, good morning. Uh, qu- quickly on, on uh, the Brad and licking incident. I'm not condoning it. I don't really understand it. But in, in his defense okay when a guy is continuously punching you in the face and the officials are not doing anything about it which is what marshan said was going on during that licking incident and you know that you have a target on your back with the officials to begin with and you need to respond in some manner maybe that's the only thing that popped into his head but at some point your frustration is boiling over which gets me to my next point and let me preface this by saying The Bruins are not where they are in this series as a direct result of the officiating. However, however, Mm -hmm. the officiating in this series and in other series is an abomination and an embarrassment to the NHL. They have single-handedly taken the best championships, in my mind, uh, the four major sports, and ruined it. Those officials went into that game Friday night with a predetermined idea that the game was going to be won or lost by power plays, And they gave Tampa more opportunities than the Bruins to do that. I am sick and tired of watching it. And the fact that they have officials that have retired or are not experienced enough, bull crap. You have a responsibility to provide the best that you can provide. Those players are out on the ice giving 110% and the NHL needs to do the same thing when they put officials on the ice. And I have decided myself personally not watching another minute of Stanley Cup playoff Ooh. other than the Bruins. Oh, you are watching other the, than the Bruins. Oh, okay. Other than the Bruins until this is remedied. It's a disservice to those players. They have no idea night after night shift after shift What's a penalty? What's not a penalty? It's disgusting. It's totally disgusting.
0: Thanks for the call, Maria. Uh, passionate as always. I, they, both teams had four power plays actually in the game, I think. Yeah. I mean, but I. It was know, even, but I, I'm not. Her point overall. Yeah, her, her points are all perfect. I mean, I. Nobody's really going to argue the that the Bruins haven't been screwed in the series by the refs. Right? I mean, right. And, well, I think the bigger picture that he's talking
3: about is the fact that the officiating in pretty much every series has been bad. I mean, I, I, you watch these games sometimes. You watch these replays. They show you three or four angles, and you don't know what the heck the referees are looking at in all the series. You know, it goes back, to to that whole thing with Bergeron and getting kicked out of the faceoff circle, and it seemed extreme for a while. But I watch other games, and I see guys getting kicked out, so I, I can't compare it. So if this is something that they've been doing With around the league... a crackdown on cheating in the face Right, outside. there was obviously a crackdown across the league. So, you know, you can't really necessarily apply it just to one team, and obviously
0: here we're going <laughs> to compare it to the Bruins, but... Well, what the wor- it makes it look all the worse when in Game 4, in Period 3, you had a terrible call on Achari six minutes into the yeah. period. Can't believe you called a hooking penalty on Hedman behind that the net. That pretty and then, soft. And then ten minutes later, they have the non-call. Right. In Game 2, you had the... Krug is back. There's a guy coming one on five into the zone, and he gets a little whack on, the, on right. the knee, and he gets called. Oh, yeah. for two and minutes.
3: The, was that the series with the Jake DeBrusque where he knocked the guy's stick out of his hand or something?
0: And May, I, it was the same game with the non calling yeah, exactly. Martian so, late. So, so it, it does waffle from, but you know what? If you were if, if we were doing a talk show in 1986 yeah. or 19, I don't know, right. like 70s, but. What what you could have said the same thing, right? right? Maria could have called then and bitched about the officiating. Exactly. When has NHL officiating ever been good? I or think consistent? this year it's been
3: extreme for some reason. I, I think, don't and think, I think so. People that have been around a lot longer than me are saying it too. I mean I see it on on social media and even on the on the radio and things. I think I think people are upset about the fact that you know, and
0: I think it comes back down to the game is just as fast as it's ever been. I
3: don't and, know. I uh, bet you I
0: bet you could find some hard nut NHL vets, maybe L B down the hall at N A F or somebody who would right. say it's always been this way. Right. And if you're Charlie McAvoy, you fight through that. Well, I bet you what would, dri- would
3: drive somebody like LB crazy is the fact that, like you're saying, that like a penalty can be Tory Krug tapping a guy's stick or tapping a guy in the hands. Yep. And yet we've seen headshots that haven't gotten penalized. Remember, Tom Wilson didn't get a penalty on his on his headshot, true, right? True, true. I mean, we've seen how many plays uh, in, the, in
0: these, both these Bruins series that are like that. That it seems like the more violent, the less likely you're already getting a penalty. So. All right. Uh, we'll hear from Cassidy and John Cooper on the officiating coming up next. More of your phone calls. Can you blame officiating for this series if the Bruins indeed go down? And, hey, do you feel like they've still got a chance to come back today, Game 5, 3 p.m. faceoff in Tampa to get it back to Boston for a Game 6? I'm Ken Laird. Matt Kalman is here at Matt Kalman on Twitter. This is Twitter. This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. Now back to Sunday
1: Skate with Ken Laird and Matt Kalman, presented by Star Market on WEI.
5: Well, you have to ask the players that. We tell them not to, but we're, we're human beings. I mean, it's game after game after game. I mean, to me, you know, the calls, you look at the Achari penalty, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the league gives you a directive at the start of the year that if you're going to go at the stick, you've got to go under the stick and not on the hands, over top the hands, or he goes under the stick a foot from his hands, and you got a six foot five guy that I think really sold it, and I think the officials have to be on top of that.
0: Bruce Cassidy talking about the uh, pretty cheap hooking call early in the third period of Friday night, which had been sold. I think he's right about that. Sold it a bit. Uh, there was another one, though, afterwards that uh, the Bruins sold, if I'm not mistaken. It's uh, not coming to mind exactly right now, but. Uh, well, oh, Chara. Chara fell. And Tyler Johnson kind of slashed him a bit in the leg, but it was kind of right. ticky tacky as well. There were a couple on both sides, but obviously the one that people are talking about is the non call. Uh, the McAvoy trip and then the non-call on Marchand for the lick was just uh, buzzing around some of the headlines. Pierre Lebrun was in Nashville, and his headline is, uh, "He's you know, he's writing for The Athletic now. Even in Nashville, Brad Marchand's lick being discussed in NHL dressing rooms. So he obviously went around and asked people about of course. The Marchand lick. Yes, I
3: think everyone in every city and every other series did that uh, this week, this day, yeah.
0: But he talked to P.K. Subban, who was asked about the lick. He said, <laughs> quote, um, I'd probably enjoy it, to be honest with you, end quote. Well, um, with PK, I bet he looks at it as if you're
3: licking me, I'm really getting to you. I mean, PK Subban, another guy who has some his rat moments,
0: and knows Marchand pretty well. well I kind of yeah. liked him. Was <laughs> that Leo? Who was that? That was Leo Kamroth He kind of liked it. Back in round one, uh, I don't know. It's um, you know, I I I would think Marchand will probably cut it out now. There's been so much reaction yeah. to it. You know, he was snooty after. The game Friday night about right. it, right?
3: And let's face it, if he doesn't play better and this team doesn't
0: play better, he's not going to have a lot more opportunities to do it because it'll be over today, right? So you know what else is, is funny though? It's the the both sides of the series. The writer for the athletic for the Tampa um, yeah Joe team, Smith. Joe Smith, yeah. his headline was just a matter of time. Steven Stamkos delivers signature playoff moment. And so, <laughs> if you're going to spin, if you're from, if you're a Lightning fan, I guess you're going to say, "All right, great shot by Stamkos. Yeah. Finally, he delivers a game winner. Right, game tire, game tire. Yep, which led to you know, the overtime winner. Sure, but it doesn't happen if the, if the penalty is called. So, I mean, uh, it was a great shot, no doubt about that. It just came after an egregious miss. Yeah, um, but he's been mostly invisible for the series. They were better that whole line right. in Game Four, which is yeah. a little scary if you're a Bruins fan. Exactly, a lot better.
3: Alive. Let's face it; even when they're not scoring. It has an impact on the whole uh, lineup when Char and McAvoy have to keep getting out there and chasing after them, and playing major tough minutes against that group. And uh, that helped weakens uh, the rest of the lineup for a line-like point
0: to, to go off the way it has and uh, for the other lines to have some uh, zone time. Sunday's skate presented by Star Market. Ken Laird and Matt Kalman. Back to the phone lines we go. Paul is in Somerville. He's up next here on Sports Radio.
1: WBEI. Hi, Paul. Hey, guys. Uh, a few things. Real quick, and you know, one of them is going to be Tuca, but you know, I'll talk about it. But with the officiating, it's it's the timing and the effect on the outcome of the game. So when you look at the last game, obviously, you know if it's the if it's the middle of the game, middle of the season, you say, oh wow, they really blew that call. But when you look at that game, three two lead, six minutes left. If they make the call, the Bruins have a power play with six minutes left, and you know who knows what happens there. So to me, it really has a direct outcome on the game itself same thing with marshan uh earlier uh you know the game four where if he either gets a penalty shot or probably and they tie it up and now either goes to overtime and maybe changes and it changes the outcome of the game or the series as well so it, it, to me it's even more so the the timing and, you know and what what cause it has in the outcome with the officials now with Tuca. He's sort of an enigma, right? And I think this is, the, and this is part of the reason that the um, fans feel the way they do. He will all, it just seems like he always gives up that first or that weak, terrible goal, and you say to yourself, "Are you kidding me?" And then he stands on his head and makes some great saves. It's just when he gives up that bad goal, second goal, game before, where he looked like he was completely out of the net, even the first goal, uh, last game I'm sorry, he's got to keep that puck out of the net. I, I get it. They have a bad turnover. I think a little bit, uh, you know, at that time, Chara and McAvoy on the heels, but he's got to still be able to keep that puck out of the net. So that's the aggravating piece with uh, with Tuca. And then the last thing is the Bruins are—they are not winning the five-on-five battle. It's that's part of the problem. If they could outcome on five-on-five, maybe the series is a little different. One hundred and
0: twenty-seven minutes without a five-on-five goal. Is that all? Yep. Good call. But you notice his his uh, goats went officiating one, rask two I told you, five yeah. on five. And by, the, and by
3: the by the time uh, Thursday rolls around, uh, we'll be playing with Tuka for the whole thing.
0: I mean th- you know, the officiating what can you say? He's right. The well, timing of these plays, the but are What's, what's the common sure. theme on the timing? Both happened. Both non calls in games two and four yeah. were with what less than ten minutes to go in period yeah, three. Right, so and that's when they typically the they put the whistles exactly. away. I mean, you could say that, right? right. If, you, if you're an NHL Absolutely. fan, you say, hey, that's that's the break. There's no doubt. It. I mean, they talk about all the time. You know,
3: we want consistency. We want uh, what's a penalty in the first period to be a penalty in the third. Pierre constantly yells that it doesn't happen. Does not and, happen. And that's uh, and
0: I think well, probably if you're a ref, you defer to. I'm not going to make a call. Right. I would rather the players dictate it. With 10 minutes, you know, especially yeah. when the spotlight's on. But in that case, it leads directly to a goal the other way. Right. So it's pretty frustrating for your Bruins fan. Yeah. But defending it. If you look back on the play, clear trip from Kucherov. He gets the right skate into McAvoy's back yeah. left skate. And I think and takes you, him down. you
3: just pointed that out, Ken, and I think that's a thing that people are missing. People are watching it offhand. And to me, that looks like he's not really doing much of anything except slapping at his hand, which necessarily isn't necessary probably. But you're you're saying, yeah, he definitely kicks his the off definitely kicks his leg out. It's, and, a, it's uh, a kick of the leg. I think if people who aren't outraged by that call saw that and looked at it that way, they might uh, be a little more outraged. But you know, hey, the ref had a broken collarbone, so let's give him let's give him some kudos right, yeah, which let's, is amazing. Let's, let's them, stay on the ice. Let's with give a him a collarbone. gold
0: star. All right, Fred New Hampshire, go ahead, uh, fire away, Fred.
5: Matt and Ken, morning. Morning, morning. Now, I didn't get the memo, but uh, since when does the ref get to sit on the Tampa bench during TV timeouts, then go into the locker room in between periods and play hacky sack with them, okay? That's crap. Anyways, and uh, Stinkos, he does his best, Peter Mahovlich, and elbows a guy right in the head. And they're complaining, oh, Marsha, doing licking. That was, was pretty dirty, really? but
3: they what's called that penalty. They called friend? that penalty. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, but,
5: yeah, but did, did they, did they uh, uh, kick them out of the next game? That's, that's concussion-type no, stuff.
3: it
0: wasn't that
5: bad. Elbow to the head. Right, come on. You know, you want to get it out of the game. That's what they say. Now, they go into this, this next three games. They can't go in with a mindset they got to win three games. They go in the mindset they got to win the first shift. they got to go in and win the next period.
0: One shift they, at a time, Freddie. What's that? One shift at a time. Where,
5: that's right, and that's how they got to look at it. That's the only way they'll get back in the series is going in and looking at it like that. But let me tell you what happened. Okay, Friday night I was not very happy and I had a very hard time getting to sleep. And then <laughs> Saturday morning, okay, I wake up, I look over at the clock, and it's four four four. There you go. I'm going, hmm. man. This is from the hockey gods. I, I got a signal, so it, it's going to happen. And the very best to Pye McKenzie. Oh, Take
0: yeah, care, absolutely. Guys. Well, uh, Nick Holden's 44, right? He's been in the lineup today. Oh, there you go. Might be a good omen there. But gotta love the numerology. Yeah. What do you think about Holden coming in for Krug? Is this, um, obviously, Krug's their highest-paid the defenseman. I know it's their only choice, but yeah.
3: can the Bruins uh, win three
0: straight without Torrey
3: Krug? No, they can't win three straight without Tory Krug. But like I said, they they could win today. They could even win Tuesday. I don't think they can win three in a row against this Tampa Bay team the way they're playing without Tory Krug. I mean, you know you get a lot of Twitter heat for Tory Crew, too. People saying he can't defend, can't play, but clearly that's a vast minority. The guy is such a key player on this team. I mean, not just uh, on the power play Power where play, where he play will take a hit. You would the expect Power play definitely right going to take a hit. I'll be interested to see. They didn't practice yesterday. I wonder if it will be McAvoy or Grizzlick that goes in that spot. I'd be maybe more apt to go with Grizzlick the left shot kind of can kind of imitate the Torrey Krug role as opposed to, you know, and this way you keep that second group together with McAvoy and the four forwards, but Torrey Krug at five on five, you know, has his moments where he has tough times, just like every defenseman does. I mean, you know, this time in 2011, we were complaining about Andrew Ferrens and him and him and Johnny Boychuk were on the ice for like 12 straight goals against or something. I mean, Mistakes happen, defensemen get beat, goals get scored, but you know the, the way Tory Krug plays, not just in his own end, but the fact that when he's out there, he can dictate play, he can make sure the Bruins aren't defending. That's that's always the key with these guys, right? Keep yep. the puck in the other end, and then you're not defending and getting exploited for your size or whatever. And, and Torrey Krug does that. He drives the bus, he uh, moves around, he knows how to get to different areas of the ice, he doesn't just hang out at the point and, and whistle and wait for the puck. Um, he does a lot of th- different things and, and one of the tougher Bruins, you know, can, a guy who uh, doesn't lick anybody, just, you know, gets in the scrums and he knows how to face wash and do the little things and, and they, you know, makes he, things happen. That give and go he had with Bergeron was beautiful. Exactly. He, he entered the zone, it's, that goal that tied it to. That creative offensive mind is, is a dimension
0: that's hard to duplicate. And, you know, Grizzlick's has Grislyk has some of that skill and, and we'll see if uh, he can, you know, do that. Sunday Skate presented by Star Market, Ken Laird, and Matt Kalman discussing, of course, a lot about the officiating, a little bit of Marchand as well. Are you putting this all in the refs as a uh, Bruins fan? Sam in Pawtucket is next. Hi, Sam.
5: Hi, hi. how you doing? Good. I don't blame the refs as any more than they should be blamed. I blame the NHL front office for these ticky-tack calls that have been ruining the game for years. I agree with that woman who talked earlier. It's almost impossible to watch.
3: Right. Exactly. And
5: I played hockey for years. You can't slash a stick since when? You break a stick, it's a penalty. But, I mean, you know, all these ticky-tack calls, and then any good player who's smart is going to fall down the minute they feel a stick in their skates or feel a slash to get a call, and that's what happened to McAvoy. He went down like he was supposed to, and they don't make the call. What do you expect them to do? They don't know what to do. Exactly. Just like the refs don't know what to
4: do.
3: Yeah, I have a problem with these ticky-tack fouls like you're saying. I mean, the... uh... If it slashes on the hands, that's fine. But this whole thing with hitting the stick and whether you should hit under the stick, over the stick, the the, the broken stick thing is a, is a rule I'll never understand. Yeah, that is kind of
0: bizarre. Like I mean, it's been the rule for it how breaks, long? Though, so but I just don't get it. Like the sticks break so easily, and you. It's can... almost like the league saying, "Look, the game's too fast for us to officiate, so we're going to go by <laughs> evidence. Like right. if there's evidence left at the crime yeah. scene that the broken stick is broken, then we'll call it exactly. And you you can't argue with the uh,
3: the crackdown on this on the slashing because it has helped some of the skilled players stay healthy, No, there's score nothing more. worse
0: than watching the NHL when you got star players that are water skiing through the neutral right. zone because guys are hanging exactly. on them. Exactly.
3: Or getting slashed in the hands. I mean, Johnny Goudreau, I guess, was the big case there that he you know, he got slashed at least twice, I think, he had some serious injuries. And there's no doubt about that. But you know, just like you can see certain things, if a guy's holding in, in football or whatever, you should be able to see where the slash happens. Yep. And if it's just a little tap on the stick, or even you know, if if, if, if you just tell people don't touch the hands, they can adhere to that. But if you're trying not to hit the stick also, and you never know sometimes if they're going to call it or not, right? And the, right. the, the, the standard changes throughout the game. So, yeah, I mean, and like we talked about earlier, if the headshots aren't going to be automatic penalties,
0: why is the tap on the stick an automatic penalty? Matt in Wilmington next year on Sunday Skate. I'm out.
6: Hey, guys. So a couple quick things. With the officiating, the reason why it's so magnified, yes, the timing, it's leading to, to power play goals or non-calls in situations where it's a one-goal game and it's tight. And it's more magnified with the Bruins right now because I think, I mean, it's pretty clear Tampa Bay, aside from game one, has been outplaying them. Sure. Bruins have really needed an opportunity either to go on the power play or not end up on the PK on some BS call. And it continues to happen. And that consistency is not there. Um, it looks to me that they've been worn down that, that March schedule and not finishing off Toronto uh, when they could have and going seven games in that series has really slowed them down. They look like the slower team. And it, it, it's, it's pretty clear. They need back-to-back days off, which they're not yeah. going to get once yeah. the series ends. And it, it's just not going to happen. So the other aspect is no secondary scoring. Don Sweeney did his yep. job. He went out, got Rick Nash, and I get he has a checkered past in the playoffs. But aside from the Bergeron line right. and the power play, you're getting goals from a, a defenseman here and there. No other forwards are contributing to the offense. You cannot win in the playoffs. With the front line, and that's yeah. why they had to bolster that. That was their biggest problem at the deadline. They thought they remedied it. You have to roll the dice on a guy like Nash with his abilities, and, and they're not—they're not coming through. Krejci's line can't do it. No one exactly. else is doing it, and, and they're doomed for failure. I, I, and they still got a shot, but if, if no one else scores besides Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron, right. and an occasional power play goal from the point, it, it's not happening.
3: Exactly. So you I, know. Yeah, you know what. Yeah, and you, know what you know what too is. Uh, it's it's really disappointing to see that what that Kreczy line has done. You really thought that they uh, would take advantage of this situation after after having a, a you know a subpar first uh, first round, except for DeBrusque's you know eruption in, in, in the seventh game there. And
0: um, well, the only caveat to that is the Craigie line's playing a lot against the Stamkos line. So I'm not saying they're asked to yeah, be a defensive line, but right. they're out there for the most part against them, and they've done a pretty good job of quote unquote shutting them down. Yeah, to an extent. And you get behind two nothing in games. It, that makes the Callahan line and the others so much more effective. It's hard Oh, absolutely! Hard to get well, just that goes back to you're that. You're chasing though, right? the whole game, but but you're just waiting for one
3: line to score. You're in a two nothing hole because maybe somebody
0: else can chip in. I mean, the birds right, aren't like. But can't. you had Grislik fumble the puck in Game yeah. Three early in the right. game. You know, you had Nash with a turnover, yeah. which cost you sure. in Game Four. But I mean, it was pretty. Uh, this series could look a whole lot different. You get uh, it's, it sounds so stupid. Score first, get the first goal. Right, exactly. But, I mean, it's so cliche. Well, but just, in but, this
3: series, it is dictated. Right. Everything. Well, that's just. I think he's saying is that you know you can't just say to Bergeron's line, go out there and score this first goal for us. If someone else would chip in, it'd be great. And you know what? It, some of this, some of this falls on the coach too. He's gotten stagnant with his lines a little bit, where he doesn't make the in game switches. I mean, a simple switch of uh, of Rick Nash and and David Backus or something like that could you know balance out the lines. Maybe if Jake DeBrusque is the only guy flying, maybe you put him out there. With Corral and Bacchus, and see if they can, you know, hit some bodies and, and get something going to the net. And they're keeping they're, they're staying True. stagnant. And you know, bringing up David Backus, I, I just wanted to throw this out there. I know we want to talk about the refs so much, but uh, David Backus played nine minutes. change changed fit, Emotion. five on five. Gianta and Deano played a minute or two more than him. Now you can tell me David Backus has been bad in this series, been bad in the playoffs. Maybe he looks, uh, you know, like a shadow of himself. But it's it's a chicken or the egg thing at this point. You know, he needs ice time to play better. He's not playing well enough there in ice time, but he should be playing. No matter how bad he's playing, he should get more ice time than Giante and Donato. He didn't get that. He at least was trying pretty hard the other night to start something with his body. He had six shots on net, and you're paying this guy to be a playoff performer if you're playing him less than 10 minutes five on
0: five. What's the point? I would agree. Cassidy's not looking real good in this series with adjustments. It's, or it's, in the ones exactly. that he has made, he did make in Game 4. Right. Gianta and Donato on the same line, right. drastically changing that line. And
3: just strategically, too, it took them to, way too long after that first game. It's almost like they thought, okay, we've got the game plan to beat this team. We won yeah. 6-2. And the second game, third game, they're they're still trying to figure out how to move the puck
0: and solve the forecheck, and they just weren't prepared for this. All right, Sunday Skate continues. Uh, more of your phone calls next. Top of the hour, Velani and Drelic ready to take over. I'm sure they got some Celtics reaction from the big overtime win yesterday and the 3 nothing lead for the Seas. But uh, a lot of Bruins concern, if not panic. We'll talk about it Sunday Skate coming up. Now back to Sunday Skate with Ken
1: Laird and Matt Kalman. Presented by Star Market on WEI. came around the net and, you know, as he was, was stealing wheel. So I'm coming around, trying to trying to get my feet moving to make a play, and I wasn't able to. You guys, you know, you guys can have it up to interpretation. I know what I feel, but you know, I'm not going to comment on it. Was there any explanation on why there wasn't a call? No, nothing. No. They don't have anything to say about it. Yeah, they just... It is what it is.
0: Well, the uh, media reaction has been, uh, I would say, not as not as bad as the fan base has, Matt. But as you pointed out, there have been uh, plenty of wailing and grinding of the teeth from the uh, Boston hockey media as well. In fact, uh, Boston <laughs> Radio Watch on Twitter called it the tear puddle. Yeah, it's growing into a pond right now. You're one of the few that's not willing to let the Bruins off the hook for this. Uh, as officiating as the yeah. scapegoat for the series, right? And see where that gets me. <coughs> that gets you on Sunday skate, Andy. <laughs> <ADM. laughs> exactly.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of is that, can we say ball washing? Is that what we have we call sure, it? Sure, you can say that. that's the way it uh, it goes around this town sometimes. I mean, uh, I but don't, I don't follow the football team so closely, but sometimes I wonder if anyone is rooting against is ever <laughs> is part of the team there. So you know, it's the way sometimes things go in this city, especially playoff time. Emotions run high and. And people uh, become enamored with uh, those that they cover, and uh, anyone who's in the media defending the licking part of this is either out of their mind or has decided to take public opinion and just make sure they oppose it.
0: Yeah, you can't defend the licking aspect of it. I don't think anybody would. Although, have seen people did Sean Avery just? You said you found a quote from I think Sean Avery's. Well, one of the to, to
3: just paraphrase what Sean Avery said here, he says he never thought of it. He would have done it if he had thought of it, except the
0: fact that he says he'd never had the desire to, to lick another human. And uh, Well, you know, it's pretty weak re- I'll say this, a pretty weak response from Callahan. I know he was upset about it, but if, yeah. if you felt like somebody spit, a spit in your face, yeah. if, if that was what he compared it to, right? how do you not drop the gloves and just take the guy down at that point? Well, I mean, he was well, trying to, but you know what? By the same token, he knows is not going to drop the gloves. He doesn't really want to at, that point, he, at, at that, that point. At that point, it's, he's already committed eh. the first act. Well, he licked you in the face, and you I did guess. nothing about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Will there be uh, retaliation today? I could see something today. They'll, they'll, they will target nah, more. shit. I don't think that will no? happen today. Next year. No. That's today. the way it goes. They're all 3-1. they're today. feeling pretty good.
3: <laughs> what do in you mean they'll do? Spear them?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think so. Yep. Well, maybe, maybe in 1988, not in, not in 2018. All right. Back to the phone lines. Uh, it's Sunday Skate presented by Star Market. Ben is in Florida next year on the skate. I bet.
2: Yeah. Is that me? Because my yep. name's Austin. Yeah. Oh, what's your name? Oh. Dennis. Go ahead, okay. Dennis. Close. Are you still in Florida? <laughs> yeah, still in oh, okay. Florida. So you,
3: so you know what gross means. You've seen some gross stuff in your time.
2: Well, I'm from Boston, so oh, I okay. really know what gross means. Oh, okay. But uh yeah, I don't I mean, I, I think it's kinda strange him licking people. But I think a woman that called earlier had a point. If that had been Marshawn jamming his glove in Callahan's face after the whistle blew, he probably would have got a penalty. Yeah. So another point is mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't care if Marshawn licks people as long as it's not me. (laughs) Like someone said a few seconds ago, Callahan should have dropped the gloves if he was that pissed off about it. And, uh, and the Bruins did play better after that incident went on. I mean, I may be mistaken, but we did come from behind and actually take the lead at some point. So, you know, Marshawn's out there doing anything he can to try and irritate the other team and to get his team going. And whether you agree with his method or not, the fact is it did appear to work.
0: Sort of, uh, although they scored shorthanded, and they—I yeah. think they lost. Actually, kind of the momentum of the of the game for short term. There, I don't know. That's hard, yeah, hard to say. But
3: I think uh, this idea that it's taking everything that he's doing everything to win. I think if 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 it took if licking someone had something to do with winning, I think someone would have thought of it before. Yeah, Avery would have thought of it. I think he's the first one to think of it and do it. And so, uh, yeah. And, yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say about it anymore. Oh, it's an overtime I can't theme. We're weekend. discussing this.
0: Uh, Three o'clock today will be uh, Game Five. I think the Bruins win this one at overtime. This will be a to <laughs> one. This will be good. Bring it <laughs> yeah, back I here.
3: Can see, I, absolutely, I could see them winning. And there, oh, that reminds you, we are making predictions last week. Yep. I predicted a sweep. I, I meant the Celtics. I didn't mean the Bruins. Okay, fair enough. Or um, LeBron. But yeah, I mean, obviously, this team—you you talked about them
0: being resilient all year, so they, they have been. Although you know, Krug is a, is a big blow, and now. You know, you've definitely... I do think there's going to be some retaliation. They've had now two days to stew. I hope so. All they're seeing is the lick on... on and probably, I'm sure Callahan's getting teeth from other places. How could you not respond to this guy? How could you not challenge him? Et cetera, et cetera. So, all right. We'll be back next Sunday regardless whether there's a, a Bruins season to still talk about or an off season. That will be our final show if that's the case. But... You know, in general, there's it's not like this is the end of the window. Oh, of course, this is the start of the window. This has all been house money S- to begin with. I've told you that from the, from the minute we ever spoken. Char is old, you know. Just the that's- Bruins are
3: not supposed to be where they are right now, so everything's gravy.
0: All right, there you go. It's all roses. Coming up at the top of the hour, Chris Villani and Evan Drellick. I think Rob Bradford is checking in periodically from Texas as well. It's like a five-hour extravaganza. Drellick's ready, pumped. He's ready to go. That's coming up at uh, 9 a.m. here on Sports Radio, WEI.